0: section 15 of under drake's flag a tale of the spanish main this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org under drake's flag a tale of the spanish main by g a henty chapter 14 on the pacific coast a close shave indeed ned said raising himself with difficulty from the ground another moment and i think my ribs would have given in "'It seemed as if all the blood in my body had rushed to my head. "'Do you feel badly hurt?' Tom asked anxiously. "'No,' Ned said, feeling himself all over, "'horribly bruised, but nothing broken. "'To think of our not seeing that monstrous boa.' "'I don't think,' he continued, "'that I can walk any further to-day. "'I feel shaken all over.' "'Then we will camp here,' Tom said cheerfully. "'We have got a stag, and he will last us for some days if necessary.' There is plenty of fruit to be picked in the forest, and on this mountain side we are sure to be able to find water within a short distance. Lighting a fire, the deer was soon cut up, and the lads prepared to spend a quiet day which was all the more welcome inasmuch as, for the last three weeks, they had traveled without intermission. The next day Ned declared himself well enough to proceed on his journey, but his friend persuaded him to stop for another day. Late in the evening Ned exclaimed, "'What is that, Tom, behind that tree?' tom seized his bow and leaped to his feet i see nothing he said it was either a native or a gigantic monkey i saw him quite plainly glide along behind the tree tom advanced cautiously but on reaching the tree he found nothing you are sure you're not mistaken he asked quite certain ned said we have seen enough of indians by this time to know them we must be on the lookout to-night the natives on this side are not like those beyond the mountains they have been so horribly ill-treated by the spaniards that they must hate any white face and they would kill us without hesitation if they got the chance we shall have difficulty with the spaniards when we fall into their hands but they will at least be more reasonable than these savages all that night they kept up the fire and sat up by turns on watch several times they thought that they had heard slight movements among the fallen leaves and twigs but these might have been caused by any prowling beast once or twice they fancied that they detected forms moving cautiously just beyond the range of the firelight but they could not be certain that it was so just as morning was breaking ned sprang to his feet wake up tom he exclaimed we are attacked and as he spoke an arrow quivered in the tree just over his head they had already discussed whether it would be better to remain if attacked in the light of the fire or to retreat into the shadow and concluding that the eyes of the natives would be more accustomed to see in the darkness than their own they had determined to stay by the fire throwing themselves down on their faces and to keep the natives at bay beyond the circle of the light of the flames till daylight they had in readiness heaped a great pile of brushwood and this they now threw upon the fire making a huge pyramid of flame which lit the wood around for a circle of sixty yards as the light leaped up ned discharged an arrow at a native whom he saw within the circle of light and a shrill cry proclaimed that it had reached its mark there was silence for a while in the dark forest and each moment that passed the daylight became stronger and stronger in ten minutes we shall be able to move on ned said and in this daylight i think the longer range of our bows will enable us to keep them off the question is how many of them are there A very short time sufficed to show that the number of the savages was large, for shrill cries were heard answering each other in the circle around them, and numbers of black figures could be seen hanging about the trees in the distance. I don't like the look of things, Ned, Tom said. It is very well. We may shoot a good many before they reach us, and in the open no doubt we might keep them off but by taking advantage of the trees they will be able to get within range of their weapons and at short distances they are just as effective as our arvos as soon as it was broad daylight the lads started through the forest keeping up a running fight with the natives it is clear tom said we can't stand this much longer we must take to a tree they were on the point of climbing when ned exclaimed listen i can hear the sound of bells Listening intently, they could make out the sounds of little bells, such as are carried by horses or mules. It must be a train to one of the mines. If we can reach that, we shall be safe. Laying aside all further thought of fighting, the boys now ran at headlong pace in the direction of the sounds. The natives, who were far fleeter afoot, gained fast upon them, and the arrows were flying round them, and several had inflicted slight wounds, when they heard ahead of them the cry of, soldiers on guard the natives are at hand fire in the bushes the boys threw themselves upon their faces as from the thickets ahead a volley of musketry was heard load again was the order in spanish these black rascals must be strung indeed to advance to attack us with so much noise crawling forward cautiously ned exclaimed in spanish do not fire senors we are two spaniards who have been carried away from the settlements and have for long been prisoners among the natives a cry of surprise was heard and then the spaniard in command called them to advance fearlessly they did this fortunately they had long before settled upon the story that they would tell when they arrived among the spaniards to have owned themselves englishmen and as belonging to the dreaded buccaneers would have been to insure their imprisonment if not execution the imperfection of ned's spanish and the fact that tom was quite ignorant of the language rendered it difficult for them to pass as spaniards but they thought that by giving out that they had been carried away in childhood tom at an earlier age than ned their ignorance of the language would be accounted for it had been a struggle with both of them to decide upon telling an untruth this is a point upon which differences of opinion must always arise some will assert that under no circumstances can a falsehood be justified others will say that to deceive an enemy in war or to save a life deceit is justifiable especially when that deceit injures no one it was only after very great hesitation that the boys had overcome their natural instincts and teaching and agreed to conceal their nationality under false colours Ned, indeed, held out for a long time, but Tom had cited many examples from ancient and modern history, showing that people of all nations had, to deceive an enemy, adopted such a course, and that to throw away their lives, rather than tell a falsehood which could hurt no one, would be an act of folly. Both, however, determined that, should it become necessary to keep up their character as Spaniards by pretending to be true Catholics, they would disclose the truth. The first sight of the young men struck the captain of the Spanish escort with astonishment. Bronzed to the darkest brown by the sun of the plains, and by the hardship they had undergone, dressed in the skins of animals and carrying weapons altogether uncouth and savage to the Spanish eye, he found it difficult to believe that these figures were those of his countrymen. His first question, however, concerned the savages, who had, as he supposed, attacked his escort— a few words from ned however explained the circumstances and that the yells he had heard had been uttered by the indians pursuing them and had no reference whatever to the convoy this consisted of some two hundred mules laden with provisions and implements on its way to the mines guarded by a hundred soldiers were a large number of natives who fastened together as slaves were on their way up to work for their cruel taskmasters when the curiosity of the captain concerning the natives was allayed he asked ned where he and his comrade had sprung from ned assured him that the story was a very long one and that at a convenient opportunity he would enter into all details in the first place he asked that civilized clothes might be given to them for as he said they looked and felt at present rather as wild men of the woods than as subjects of the king of spain you speak a very strange spanish the captain said i only wonder ned replied that i speak in spanish at all i was but a child when i was carried away and since that time i have scarcely spoken a word of my native tongue when i reached the village to which my captors conveyed me i found my companion here who was as i could see a spaniard but who must have been carried off as an infant as he even then could speak no spanish whatever he has learned now from me a few words but beyond that is wholly ignorant this is a strange story indeed the captain said where is it that your parents lived i know not the place ned said but it was far to the rising sun across on the other ocean as it seemed perfectly possible that the boys might have been carried away as children from the settlements near vera cruz The captain accepted the story without the slightest doubt, and at once gave a warm welcome to the lads, who had, as he supposed, escaped after so many weary years of captivity. "'I am going up now,' he said, to the mines, "'and there must remain on duty for a fortnight, when I shall return in charge of treasure. It will be dangerous indeed for you to attempt to find your way to the coast without escort, therefore you had better come on with me and return under my protection to the coast.' we should be glad to stay with you in the mountains ned said we feel so ignorant of everything european that we should be glad to learn from you a little of the ways of our countrymen before we venture down among them what is the nearest town on the coast Arica, the captain said is the port from which we have come it is distant a hundred and thirty miles from here and we have had ten days hard journey through the forest for the next fortnight the lads remained at the mines these were worked by the spaniards entirely by slave labor nominal wages were indeed given to the unfortunates who labored there but they were as much slaves as if they had been sold the spaniards indeed treated the whole of the natives in the provinces occupied by them as creatures to be used mercilessly for labor and as having no more feeling than the lower animals the number of these unfortunates who perished in the mines from hard work and cruel treatment is beyond all calculation but it may be said that of the enormous treasures drawn by spain from her south american possessions during the early days of her occupation every doubloon was watered with blood the boys who had for nearly six months lived among the indians and had seen their many fine qualities were horrified at the sights which they witnessed and several times had the greatest difficulty to restrain their feelings of indignation and horror they agreed however that it would be worse than useless to give vent to such opinions it would only draw upon them the suspicions of the spaniards and would set the authorities at the mine and the captain of the escort against them and might prejudice the first report that would be sent down to Arica concerning them during the first few days of their stay the boys acted their parts with much internal amusement they pretended to be absolutely ignorant of civilized feeding seized the meat raw and tore it with their fingers sat upon the ground in preference to chairs and in every way behaved as persons altogether ignorant of civilization gradually however they permitted themselves to be taught and delighted their entertainers by their docility and willingness the spaniards were indeed somewhat surprised by the whiteness of their skin where sheltered from the sun and by the lightness of their hair and eyes the boys could hear many comments upon them and wondering remarks why they should be so much fairer than their countrymen in general as however it was clearly useless to ask them none of the spaniards thought of doing so the end of the fortnight arrived and under the charge of the escort the lads set out together with twenty mules laden with silver for the coast they had no longer any fear of the attacks of the natives or any trouble connected with their food supply an ample stock of provisions being carried upon spare mules they themselves were mounted and greatly enjoyed the journey through the magnificent forests they were indeed a little uneasy as to the examination which they were sure to have to undergo at Arica, and which was likely to be very much more severe in searching than that to which the good-natured captain had subjected them they longed to ask him whether any news had been heard of the arrival of an english squadron upon the western coast but it was impossible to do this without giving rise to suspicion, and they had the consolation, at least, of having heard no single word concerning their countrymen uttered in the conversations at the mine. Had Captain Francis Drake and his companions arrived upon the coast, it was almost certain that their presence there would be the all-absorbing topic among the Spanish colonists. Upon their arrival at Arica, the boys were conducted at once to the governor, a stern and haughty-looking spaniard who received their account given by the captain with an air of incredulity this is a strange tale indeed he said and passes all probability why should these children have been kidnapped on the eastern coast and brought across the continent it is more likely that they belong to this side however they could not be malefactors who have escaped into the forest for their age forbids any idea of the kind they must have been stolen but i do not recall any such event as the carrying off of the sons of spaniards here for many years back however this can be inquired into when they learn to speak our language well in the meantime they had better be assigned quarters in the barracks let them be instructed in military exercises and in our language and said an ecclesiastic who was sitting at the table in our holy religion for methinks stolen away as they were in their youth they can be no better than pagans tom had difficulty in repressing a desire to glance at ned as these words were spoken but the eyes of the governor were fixed so intently upon them that he feared to exhibit any emotion whatever he resolved mentally however that his progress in spanish should be exceedingly small and that many months should elapse before he could possibly receive even rudimentary instruction in religious matters the life in the barracks at Arica resembled pretty closely that which they had led so long on board ship the soldiers received them with good feeling and comradery and they were soon completely at home with them they practised drilled the use of the pike and rapier taking very great care in all these exercises to betray exceeding clumsiness with the bow alone they were able to show how expert they were indeed the spaniards were in no slight degree astonished by the extraordinary power and accuracy of their shooting this ned accounted for to them by the long practice that he had had among the indians declaring that among the tribes beyond the mountains he was by no means an exceptionally good shot which indeed was true enough at short distances for at these the indians could shoot with marvellous dexterity by san joseph exclaimed one of the spanish officers who was watching the boys shooting at a target two hundred yards distant with their powerful bows it reminds me of the way that those accursed english archers draw their bows and send their arrows singing through the air in faith too these men with their blue eyes and their light hair remind one of these heretic dogs who are these english ned asked carelessly i have heard of no such tribe do they live near the sea-coast or among the mountains they are no tribe but a white people like ourselves the captain said of course you will not have heard of them and fortunately you are not likely ever to see them on this coast but if you remained where you were born on the other side you would have heard little else talked of than the doings of these pirates and scoundrels who scour the seas defy the authority of his sacred majesty carry off our treasures under our noses burn our towns and keep the whole coast in an uproar but said ned in assumed astonishment how is it that so great a monarch as the king of spain and emperor of the indies does not annihilate these ferocious sea robbers surely so mighty a king could have no difficulty in overcoming them they live on an island the officer said and are half fish half men what monsters ned exclaimed half fish and half men how then do they walk not really but in their habits they are born sailors and so ferocious and bloodthirsty that at sea they overcome even the soldiers of spain who are known he said drawing himself up to be the bravest in the world on land however we should teach them a very different lesson but on the sea it must be owned that somehow we are less valiant than on shore every day a priest came down to the barracks and for an hour endeavored to instill the elements of his religion into the minds of the now civilized wild men ned although progressing rapidly in other branches of his spanish education appeared abnormally dull to the explanations of the good father while tom's small stock of spanish was quite insufficient to enable him to comprehend more than a word here and there so matters might have remained for months had not an event occurred which disclosed the true nationality of the lads one day the ordinarily placid blue sky was overclouded the wind rose rapidly and in a few hours a tremendous storm was blowing on the coast most of the vessels in the harbor succeeded in running into shelter but later in the day a cry arose that a ship had just rounded the point of the bay and that she would not be able to make the port the whole population speedily gathered upon the mole and the vessel a small one employed in the coasting trade was seen struggling with the waves which were rapidly bearing her towards the reef lying a quarter of a mile from the shore the sea was at this time running with tremendous force the wind was howling in a fierce gale and when the vessel struck upon the rocks and her masts at once went by the board all hope of safety for the crew appeared at an end cannot a boat be launched said ned to the soldiers standing round to effect the rescue of these poor fellows in the wreck impossible they all said no boat could live in that sea after chatting for a time tom and ned drew a little apart from the rest of the crowd and watched the ill-fated vessel it is a rough sea certainly ned said but it is all nonsense to say that a boat could not live come along tom let us push that shallop down there is a sheltered spot behind the rock where we may launch her and methinks that our arms can row her out to yonder ship throwing off their doublets the young men put their shoulders to the boat and soon forced it into the water then taking their seats and pushing out the oars they rowed round the corner of the sheltering rock and breasted the sea which was rolling in a cry of astonishment broke from the crowd in the mole as the boat made its appearance and the astonishment was heightened when it was declared by the soldiers that the two men on board were the wild men of the woods as they were familiarly called among themselves It was a long struggle before the boys reached the wreck, and it needed all their strength and seamanship to avoid being swamped by the tremendous sea. At last, however, they neared it, and, catching a line thrown to them by the sailors, brought the boat up under the lee of the ship, and as the captain, the four men who composed his crew and a passenger leaped one by one from the ship into the sea, they dragged them on board the boat, and then turned her head to shore. End of chapter 14